What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all know me. Uh, what's going on, Reg? What's, what's up? What's up? What's up, Sid? Uh, Sunday, of course, was a tough one, but per usual, we're going to start where we always start with the Saints. Uh, Sunday taking on Tampa Bay, division around, ended up losing 30-20 to 20 in what may be Drew Brees' last game. Uh, what were your thoughts about it, man? It was a heartbreaking loss, man. Uh, coming in, I knew there was a chance. I'm one of those guys, man, where I don't like to play the same team three times, uh, as we discussed on the previous show when we had Shabazz on, uh, I don't, I didn't like the fact we had to play Tampa three times. Um, I know we beat them uh, very uh, easily the first two times uh, we had to play them, but playoffs is one and done. So yep. to play a team that we know at any given time could get rolling with their offense, um, I didn't like our – I don't want to say I didn't like our chances. I just didn't like the idea that we had to play them. Yeah. Uh, uh, we held on pretty good. Um, it looked like we was in control for, for much of the game. Uh, we got out the door with a great special teams play by Harris, uh, another one that got called back later on. But uh, overall, turnovers killed us. I think it was a very tight game, but I think it came down to, to turnovers and quarterback play. Neither quarterback uh, lit the other defense up. Tampa Bay yeah. defense played great. Our defense played equally, uh, equally uh, great. However, Drew Brees had, uh, I believe it was three turnovers uh, in that game uh, compared to Tom Brady's none. And that yeah. was the difference truly uh, for me. Uh, both defenses played, uh, but one quarter, one quarterback turned the ball over three times and one one didn't. Yeah, and that's, that's all it is. That's what it comes down to more than anything. Like, we can split hairs on so much other stuff that went yeah. on during that game, but it comes down to we turned the ball over four times and they didn't turn the ball over at all. Uh, they scored three touchdowns, uh, three touchdowns. Uh, each of those touchdowns came off of us giving them the ball and starting them off in great field position. Man, excellent uh, field position. And it's only so much uh, It's only so much our defense can hold up again. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> yep. You're putting them in such horrible positions time after time after time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's saying something that that's their only three touchdowns of that game when they had the ball, you know, way more times than that. But the only three drives they were able to go out there and get touchdowns on are ones where we turned it over and put them on our side of the field. Um, and, that man, that's all it comes down to. Like, it's not it's not too deep that you got to go into this yeah. game. And it's, it was just one of those where the turnover battle really, really um, determined the game. And as we talked about off air earlier, even if we just had two of those turnovers instead of it being four, we still win this game. Yep. Once you, but once, once we hit three and four, then it was over for us. Yeah. Uh, I know a, a lot of times we talk about our dislike for Taysom Hill, but I really felt like this was a game where we needed that muscle. That's basically what I call him. I always say we have a muscle that play quarterback. And I think this this game showed uh, the need for that muscle in the red zone. Um, I really feel like if we had Taysom Hill, we cash in at least one of those red zone trips that we had. Yeah. When we, when we got off to that great start, uh, with the kick return, and that drive ended in a field goal. 
I really didn't like that to start mm-hmm. to, to start the game off. I really, really didn't. And uh, just to get down there again and have to settle for another three. Yeah. We know as as New Orleans Saints fans, in that situation, Taysom Hill is going to get at least one opportunity to punch the ball in the red zone. Yeah. If not two. Yeah. Uh, I really thought that if we had him, we would go for it a little bit more on four downs and things of that nature. Just be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, however, he wasn't available, and uh, we settled for field goals. And I and I can't disagree with that. Also, if Latavius Murray was available, you know how mm-hmm. would that have been different? Uh, trying to pound it in there, but and and once again, I don't disagree with that. But still, the biggest point being, regardless if they was out there or not, if we turned the ball over four times, we were gonna lose. Regardless, mm-hmm. regardless if if we punched in two touchdowns right there, if we would have went up fourteen nothing. And then still ended up turning the ball over four four times and giving them the field position that we did. We were still gonna lose that game. And see, I just feel like those turnovers. I don't want to say they don't. They wouldn't happen because you don't know the course that a game that may take. Mm-hmm. However, we know touchdowns and field goals separate games. It causes oh, a team course. to it, it causes a team that's losing to pass a little bit more than what they want to. And a team that's winning by fourteen nothing, they can play a little bit more relaxed and don't have to. Because, uh, take chances because that's basically how the second game went. We were able to score touchdowns early. We built the early lead. They run game go out the window, yep. and we keep clicking because they playing. Guess who on defense trying to stop us? But when you uh, when you got six instead of fourteen, um, that's leaving a lot of points out there, especially in the playoffs, especially playing against someone like Tom Brady. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Can't disagree with that. Um, so we'll. <laughs> Now we're we're looking forward uh, to the off season and to the future of New Orleans, which we'll touch I'm on. Looking, I'm um, looking forward to it. Yeah, which we'll touch on later and going forward in, in other episodes as well. But um, so the first game of this weekend was the Green Bay um, the Rams game, the Green Bay Los Angeles Rams mm-hmm. game, uh, where Green Bay was victorious and the Rams basically looked like a shell of themselves on offense and defense. How did you uh, how did you see that one? That one went just as bad as I as I expected it. I told you if Aaron Donald was 100%, bro, I think I really would have leaned toward taking the Rams in this game. I have no confidence in Jared Cook at this uh, Jared Goff, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, Jared Cook for that matter. He's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I just don't think he can win you tight ball games. Yeah. I've told you all season long. In order for that offense to be successful the way that they want it to be, the way it once was, they need a home run hitting running back, which Cam Akers look like he's on his way to be, mm-hmm. but they also need a very good tight end. I feel like they have two very good tight ends, well, I won't say very good, but two decent tight ends at yeah. best uh, who, who make plays here and there, but they don't put fear in people uh, to get loose out in open space uh, the way I feel like they tight ends need to to be successful. Uh, but you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. We know the Rams struggle to score at times. This isn't the time to come with your little 16 points and think your top defense is about to, you know, hold this guy to 13 or something like that yeah. in the playoffs, let alone at home. So, um, if, but if I'm telling you, if Aaron Donald was healthy, I'm talking 100% healthy or 95 because yeah. no one's 100% healthy this time mm-hmm. of year. If he was good to go, I really think that this would have been a different game. I really do think that. But, um, Having to put all the weight on the Rams' offense because I feel like that's that 
was at stake that that's what they try to do yeah let jerry cook make plays and he's out there without cooper cup as well uh-huh nah that, that that's not a, a good recipe man to have playing against aaron Rodgers. just and that's, you. and that's even a bigger one for me because i agree <clears> with aaron donald so if aaron donald was 100 healthy that changes everything because you saw they weren't able to get pressure at all against it looks so bad against a green bay so offensive line who was down at yeah. that point, they, they were down the left tackle because, of course, he's out for the season. Right. Mm-hmm. They looked to replace him. That guy ended up going on the COVID list, and then mm-hmm. they ended up being down another guard, I guard, want to say, yep. during that game. Mm-hmm. And yep. there was no pressure <clears throat> from the Rams' defensive front on, in that game. Yep. And there was a lot of times where you just look up and see Aaron Donald on the sideline because he just he can't go out there and be 100%, 100% of the snaps. Um, mm-hmm. But him missing Cooper Cup was huge too. Yeah, I think that yeah. changes the game. Even with Aaron Donald uh being unhealthy, if you have Cooper Cup out there, you have a better chance of being able to score um toe to toe with this deep uh with this uh Aaron Rodgers and his offense yeah. if you're not just looking to rely on Robert Woods and then once that gets taken away, you it's up in the air about what you're gonna yeah. get from everybody else. Um so Green Bay did a great job, like I say, without having to worry about Aaron Donald, but, you know, being able to limit the other guys to Leonard Floyd and those guys and being able to still get some type of effectiveness out of uh, Devontae Adams uh, in that matchup against mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey. Um, but I agree with you. This went pretty much as I thought it was going to go uh, with the with Green Bay being able to take that one 32-18. to 18. I knew coming in, uh, Aaron Donald would be on the pitch a pitch count. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said they reportedly that he played fifty four percent of the defensive snaps for the Rams. Yeah, something very interesting is they gave him free range to take himself in and then put himself back into the mm-hmm. ball. And so every time he was on the sideline, is because he want. I don't want to say he wanted to be, but he he felt he couldn't go at that present time. Yeah, and and I saw that, and you can see that him him putting himself in and what he felt was the most important situations on the phone. He played a lot in mm-hmm. the red zone whenever that came up, and on a big third down. So yeah, man, him him being healthy. I mean, him being unhealthy and Cooper Cup not being able to go at all. That that really shaped the fate for the Rams. And you got Jared Goff rushing back from injury. Uh, yep. Just had surgery on his throwing thumb. Um, you know, rushing him back out there. Yep. That, that's like I said. That's just not a good combination of things you want going on going against Aaron Rodgers, man. Exactly. Um. So the second game of Saturday was the Baltimore Ravens against the Buffalo Bills, which. Um, you took the Ravens. I took the Bills. The game ended up being seventeen three. Uh, what did you take from that one, if anything, honestly? So Buffalo defense has been showing a lot of uh, vulnerability in the passing game and sometimes in the run game. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking cold weather. You got the best athlete out of both teams. This guy's playing quarterback for the Ravens. He's going to be able to make some things shake. I really was thinking that the Ravens OC, that he would come in with some with some plays where he can call shots because he would get that running game going early and it would help him on the latter part of the game, you know, allow, I wouldn't say bombs away with Lamar, but allow him to have plays where he can take those shots in uh, because of all the damage he did in the, the first half, more pass lanes would be open. But yeah. that wasn't, that wasn't the case. 
I don't want to get off subject about the Ravens, but this whole Lamar Jackson thing is really starting to rub me the wrong way, man. It is really starting to rub me the wrong way. I don't like when teams lose the same way every single year. Yeah. You know, like it seemed like we're not improving on absolutely nothing. But that's pretty much what I what I saw. I would love to see Hollywood Brown get more chances. I'm so tired of him throwing the ball in between the numbers to tight ends and running backs. And yeah, you know, that's good. That's gonna win win games in the regular season. But Buffalo cut his ward off, man. They they completely cut his ward off. Completely. And this is this is a receiving core that I've been I've been saying isn't great to begin with. You know, you mm-hmm. really yeah. you really rely on Mark Andrews. But to your point, some of that is just because Lamar Jackson isn't a good passer of the football. Mm-hmm. And like you say, the 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 easy thing for him is to be able to spot those running backs out of the backfield and those tight ends coming across the middle more so than being able to wait and decipher when routes are developing and being able to go through progressions right. to find other guys down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, it's looking bad for Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't even got to touch on this game because, like, <laughs> this is a guy who's gotten a lot of blame and criticism over the past, what, it's been three years now? Yeah. Um, two years fully as starters, as, as a starter. And he's gotten a whole lot of criticism that, a lot of it has been unwarranted. But then when you come to a time like this and Sunday and the difference between the game really becomes an interception in the end zone that gets returned for uh, for, for a touchdown, that, that was basically the difference of that game. Mm-hmm. And for him, for the reason, the reason that interception happened was because he stared down Mark Andrews the whole mm-hmm. way. Like that, that's, that's 100% him. He has to take blame for that. So now we're at the point where we're looking at Lamar Jackson and saying, well, is he the future of the Baltimore Ravens or does he have a future as a quarterback at all? Because you're looking at it and you're saying, man, last year was his first year. We knew he was going to run a lot. He was going to be able to make the easy throws. Okay, cool. Second year, as a full-time starter, you're saying, all right, he got to be a better passer. He's not at all in any aspect of – of being a quarterback, is he better this season? And now he's still on a rookie contract. So do you now? Now Baltimore has to decide if they're going to bet their future. Which at this point, man, what the going rate for quarterbacks is one hundred and twenty, hundred thirty million dollars at least. Are you going to invest that in Lamar Jackson and just go replace him and get somebody else? And the fact that he isn't progressing any is as a passer is a huge red flag. Like I'm not mm. saying he should have. Yeah, I'm not saying he should have became Russell Wilson uh, after uh, between his first season as a full time starter and now. But we should be able to see some improvements. And the first thing I said to you was, man, that dude Huntley, that rookie, whoever he is, he's a better passer of, of the football than the mm. one Jackson is from what I saw Saturday, and that puts them in a real tough situation going forward. I think there's no way possible that they can move on from Lamar Jackson that easy, nor do I think it's fair for them to put him in a situation to say, hey, look, you know, you haven't won us a bunch of uh, playoff games. You haven't been uh, successful uh, in the playoffs, period. Forget winning games. You haven't mm-hmm. gave us a game where we sit back and go, wow, he did that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I just think it's unfair to do that simply because we're not looking at other quarterbacks and saying – 
uh, okay, are, are they the future of their team? The uh, your Kyler Murray's uh, who do 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 good all season long, but um, I don't think he sniffed the playoffs yet. They missed I, it again. I was about to say, but I I feel like that is the situation for a lot of quarterbacks right now. Well, um, I'm saying if that and if that's the case, then. I mean, everybody not switching quarterbacks. I think the, the Rams is is tied to Jerry Cook because they pay, because uh, they paid him in that and, manner, and, and, so, and that's what I'm and that's what yeah. I'm saying. So Lamar has has done what they've done, and then some. I mean, he's literally uh, been the heart of Baltimore uh, since he got put in the starting spot. Now the defense have come along last year and this and this year to yeah. uh, compl- to complement him. Uh, when he do get a lead, they you know don't really give it give it right back up or whatnot. But this guy uh, won a playoff game this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was great with his legs yet again uh, yeah, this year. Absolutely, uh, won a bunch of games. Uh, however, I'm just tired of seeing the same old plays. Yeah. I'm tired of not. I'm tired of not. Uh, not having the opportunity to see him not be able to throw a corner route. Uh, yeah. To see him not be accurate off of a receiver doing a double move and he turns and fires, things of that nature. They just have to step it up as a as an offense, I'm saying. Uh, I don't have a problem with uh, Lamar Jackson's productivity. It's right where I thought it would be. We knew he would use his legs a lot and, mm-hmm. and not so much of his arm, and that's exactly what we're getting. But <clears throat> I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bring up the fact of, of Baltimore moving on from him. Uh, because once again, I think he's done more than what Baker has done in Cleveland and a whole lot of others. If I really just had a chance to to sit back and think about it, I think it can be fixed. Is he's just going to have to put in the work um, in order to, to to get that fixed? And that's and that's just what <laughs> we disagree at. Um, I don't think it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and even and even I'm not saying fixed. Can it improve? Yes. He can he it can get it it can improve, but will it improve enough to will it improve enough to get them further than where they've gotten to? Because if if I'm looking at it and I'm saying this is the peak of where he's ever going to get Baltimore, then you cut ties with him before you end up giving him the the huge quarterback contract. Because yeah. you can get that with another quarterback if that's going to be the case. And see, my thing is, you think about Ryan Tannehill. People was ready to to give up on him. He mm-hmm. went to Tennessee and found new life. He yeah. did more. He did more that that in that first season with Tennessee. He showed more problems than Miami. he ever did in Miami. Yep. Period. Yep. So it's not that Ryan Tannehill uh, went to quarterback school and 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 graduated. No, he was put around other pieces that complemented his style of play. They gave him a true system and said, "Hey, we don't need you to win it." We just don't need you to lose it for us. Mm-hmm. So when I say improvement with Lamar, that's more what I'm talking about. Let's add some more threats around him until he's able to come along and make some of these throws that maybe he's not able to make right now. I was because, about to say, but he's not even on the level as a passer now that Ryan Tannehill was when he first got to the league. But for his potential and his escapability and the threat he is running the ball. That don't you, last so long, Reg. It that's does. my thing. That's my thing. He only lasts right. so long. We three years in now, and when contract time comes, he's looking for five years. I want four or five years, and I want that. He's not going to make it for five years if he's going to be running like this for four. Like, he ain't going to make it that long. Uh, 
unless you're going to add another threat. Like I said, you have to come with you, you have to bring a threat to Baltimore. If you look at at Baker Mayfield, he has the best running game. He got two running backs that's, that can start for anybody. Mm-hmm. He had Odell Beckham. He had uh, uh, Landry. He had two good tight ends. They, they still brought Austin Hooper in. You surrounded by all of that. Mm-hmm. Baker is not asked to go win the game. He's asked to manage the game. Ryan Tannehill was blessed with a good old line, a wonderful running back who rushed for 2,000 yards this season, was pound for pound, one. well, he's so big, one of the better running backs last year. Um, we know what Derrick Henry is, flat yeah. out. I don't even have to speak on it. You got Corey Davis, who's a, a, a good number two receiver. A.J. Brown is a straight dog. You had a decent tight end this year. Don't go win it, just don't lose it. Who can Baltimore look at and say, go win this game for us? They don't have that. We already said the lack of the receiving core that they have, you have to bring another threat. True. And once again, I'm not going to disagree with any of that, but my argument is always going to be, no matter who's out there, these are still passes that he's not going to be able to complete. He's still going to always... He's still going to always resort to his legs because he like can't he make the passes. So, of course, the confidence is there for him to even attempt to make the passes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you putting a true number one receiver out there is going to change much of that. Maybe it will. I think so. Maybe yeah. it will. But I don't think that's going to change a lot of that because, once again, there are just passes he can't make at this point that yeah, he should be able to. It's some receivers out there, and I'm not saying I'm not saying they got a D hop growing on every tree. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that you know they got a, a healthy Michael Thomas around the corner just go knock on his door. But what I'm saying is, if you're at Diggs, look what Diggs. Josh Allen was about to be a bust. I mean, straight up, people had already started saying what he wasn't and would never be, and all this good stuff. You bring him a threat, somebody who you have to put a dog on to guard this man, and he still wins some of those matchups. Mm-hmm. He played great against Jalen Ramsey this year. I don't think it's, it's no question that Diggs was the best receiver in football this year. Mm-hmm. Can we? You bring that, I'm saying, to to Baltimore, and I'm just I'm not saying oh they Super Bowl champs, but I'm saying it changes life for Jackson. It makes it that much more easier. Could be, but I I know I've said this to you before. Josh Allen was able to do something over one season that I've never seen any other quarterback do, which is become a better passer of the football, become more accurate when it comes to throwing the football. I've never seen any any quarterback take that big of a step uh, from one Mm -hmm. season to another. And I don't think Lamar Jackson, like it's not fair to say, oh, Lamar Jackson could do that. You know, in in one season, I think Josh Allen at this point is a special case when it comes to that. So I don't want to like that's why I'm holding off at saying, oh, just give him a number one receiver and things are going to turn around because it was more than just that for Josh Allen. I got you. And and I can agree on that. But what I'm looking at is we know this kid is going to run for eight, 800 yards or more if healthy, if he's in there. That's a threat alone. If you mix that with somewhat of a of a of another good good running back, mm-hmm. uh, somebody that has burst, home run type hitting running backs, 
Um, and you uh, and I'm and I'm not saying go out and spend a whole bunch of money at the running back position. I'm they just say that running back. I'm sure going forward, they they good yeah. with what they got. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying, of course, they're going to have to replace, bring on a sec another running back because Mark Ingram is is gone, and if especially if it's somebody with home run threat, is what I'm looking at. Somebody who has speed to once he's in an open field, it, it may not be no catching him. If you get that kind of speed around Lamar Jackson, or especially another receiver, I'm talking about. Once again, I'm not talking uh, top five or anything like that. I'm just yeah. saying somebody that's available. If you go get me Ale- uh, Allen Robertson, uh, Allen Robertson, or uh, somebody, uh, Juju uh, Smith, or Kenny Galladay, yeah. one of those guys. Some, some one of those guys that's going to be available. Uh, what's your boy name? on when 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 dead over here uh, in Tampa Bay. He's he's free. Godwin. Godwin. Go, yeah. some, something like that, so we can begin to put together a traditional, more of a traditional offense for Lamar. Like you said, it has to be a reason they don't have, they don't do it. But because of the lack of receivers, even if he was a, a better passer of the football, who the hell he throwing the ball to right now? What receiver on the outside for Baltimore is making you say, oh yeah, man, we got, we got to put a dog on him. Oh, hey, uh, we got to keep two safeties over top at all times because of the speed. I'm well, saying, well, well, Hollywood gains that respect of, of having the respect over the top. That's one. There's certain guys that play Hollywood one on one, and he didn't get shots. He didn't get opportunities this year one on one, and he voiced that. What's yeah, the point? yeah. What he he said, What's the point over. of having dogs if you're not going to use? Them? Yeah. So, so what I'm just saying is the the, the uh, lack of opportunities, I believe, is. Part Lamar Jackson's not ready for those throws. Mm-hmm. Part we really don't trust what we have to this point. Yeah, and I I I I I, I, I get what you're saying, and I understand it, and and it could definitely be that. I just feel like it's more of the confidence in Lamar than it is anything else. Well, we definitely we definitely shall see. We yeah, definitely shall see. Sure. Uh, you know what they do going forward. All right, so. Um, the last game to cover from this weekend, which was the first game on Sunday, is the Cleveland Browns-Kansas City Chiefs game, um, where a lot happened. <laughs> that was um, a very and Kansas, interesting game. And Kansas City ended up pulling it off 22-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, What you have on that one? That was a very interesting game. Like, very. I really thought that Cleveland was going to be able to just run the ball up and down on Kansas mm-hmm. City. And then on the opposite end, Pat Mahomes is going to say, okay, I see you, but watch this. You know, I thought it was going to be somewhat of a high-scoring game. Uh, Cleveland would find a way to get a couple stops later on in the ball game, score, and make it close like it really yeah. happened at the end. Yeah. But I had this score, you know, 33-27, something like that, uh, mm-hmm. KC winning. Of course, when Pat Mahomes went out, all bets was off from that mm-hmm. point forward. Uh, however, I thought Baker Mayfield made some big throws in this game. He yeah. really made some big throws in this game. He showed poise. Um, he moved around in the pocket. Uh, he extended some plays. The only thing I did not like about May- Baker Mayfield was a couple of the last drives. I felt that Cleveland play calling was a little bit too conservative to my liking. This is yeah. a win or go home game. If this was just week 14, 13, whatever, whatever, and you're already having a good season. You're ahead in your division. I can understand it. But win or go home, I didn't like some of these play calls. Um, you knew um, 
uh, KC was was going to dial up some blitzes toward the later part of the game, Spagnola, and he 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 do a great job of it for KC. Yeah, uh, they show loaded box. Baker tried to hard snap them. Them guys didn't flinch. That's a strong sign that those guys are coming. And Cleveland had no answer for it whatsoever. Like yeah. zero. They had no nothing in their back pocket to say when we see Casino, we're gonna do this or we're gonna do that. Yeah. It's it's funny because we mentioned the importance of Taysom Hill missing this past game. I felt was the one of the the first well, to me, I can say first, first times when we can look and say this is a game that Odell Beckham would have benefited uh, playing for Cleveland. I really think the way they loaded the box, if you got a guy like Odell who can get loose and, and create separation, this is the type of game that you're paying and you traded for Odell if you're the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. But at the end of the day, uh, Baker Mayfield just wasn't good versus the Blitz. And uh, to me, that was the difference of the game. This game was lost to me on the touchback. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Cleveland had finally got the ball. I, I want to say they was down 13-3 at that point. Uh, yeah, I want to say they was down 13-3 at that point. And they finally got some That's momentum on offense. They were finally rolling. And you get a play that, uh, I mean, a guy just tries to go out there and make a play and put you in the end zone over the pile line and ends up fumbling it through mm -hmm. The end zone, but not only that, there's a a helmet to helmet call that goes uncalled, mm -hmm. and it turns you from getting a touchdown and being down three points at that point, giving the ball back to Kansas City for probably at that point it, I want to say it was just a few minutes left in the half, mm -hmm. um, and then getting the ball back right out of the half to getting no points out of that at all, giving up another field goal to Kansas City. And going into halftime down sixteen to three, mm -hmm. um, that that play alone killed them, in my yeah. opinion. And but they they continued to play tough throughout the whole game. Like you say, at the end of they only gave up twenty two points, and mm -hmm. were in a position to actually win. When uh, when Mahomes went down, when Chad Henney first came in, he was able to move the ball in a way to where I was like, yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> they still gonna run away with this one. And then he threw the interception in the end zone. And that changed everything. Um, and Cleveland, like you said, maybe it was a conservative game plan uh, that they continued to roll with. Maybe it was um, just the fact that, I mean, they, their receivers made some great catches throughout uh, throughout the game. But it just, it wasn't consistent enough, um, mm -hmm. the catches that were out there being made. Um but yeah, they they just they just didn't have enough on offense, which yeah. which is kind of crazy because we went into this game saying, look, they just not gonna have enough on defense to yeah. to be able to hold off Patrick Mahomes. But it ended up being them just not having enough on offense to be able to pull it out. And that's no knock on them, man. When they when they this is what I expected Cleveland to be last year, um, and now that this is what they are this year, and you have to look forward to. Getting all of your secondary back, man. Uh, Denzel Ward didn't play a lot this year. Greedy Williams mm -hmm. spent most of the year. You never got to see Grant Delpit. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you get uh, Odell Beckham back on offense. Like, this is a team that you're going to have to worry about going forward. They got further this year than they expected to. But um, Kansas City is just 
man, they're a juggernaut. Like, yeah. if, you, if you give them a chance, they're going to really come out with it. And uh, hopefully uh, they get Mahomes back for this upcoming uh, Sunday uh, against Buffalo. But, yeah, it was it was just Cleveland not having enough on offense to be yeah. able to win that game. And we touched on Lamar Jackson staring down. Uh, his tight end Mark Andrews on that interception that got uh, returned to the house. It was the same thing with Baker Mayfield staring down. Um, I believe it was Landry, if I'm not mistaken, when he uh, when he threw that ball that got picked off by Honey Badger. He stared them down uh-huh. from, from start to finish. But uh, Baker Mayfield, this was like I said, for his passing the football, this was one of the better games for him. Uh-huh. Uh, catching receivers in stride, hitting slants consistently. The, like I said, the only thing I didn't like about him is being uh, facing the blitz. The yeah. best quarterbacks in the NFL, your Drew Brees, your Emron Rodgers, those type of guys. And I hate using it, using him because yeah. he's a horrible example. Exactly. But those are the type <laughs> of guys that beat the blitz all day long. So when yeah. they do do it, they, they don't even feel comfortable doing it as, as much. But anytime KC defense got in trouble, they blitzed. Yeah, and it was bailed out because Baker Mayfield was only able to convert. I want to say one first down facing a blitz uh, during that game. Yeah, so um, that set up our conference championships. Tampa Bay goes to Green Boo, Bay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa Bay goes to Green Bay, which is what it's looking like is going to absolutely be a snow game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Buffalo goes to Kansas City. So let's mm-hmm. start with. Tampa Bay and Green Bay, which has Green Bay favored by three and a half. How do you see that? So I think this is going to be a game where Evan Rodgers relies on Devontae Adams very, very heavily. Uh, I can see Adams getting up to 10 targets this game. Uh, Tampa really don't have a DB to put in front of him. Whether you want to go with size with Davis or you want to go speed mm-hmm. with Dean, neither one of them want to answer. Yeah, um, you know, with, with Adams is for real. Um, and mixed with Evan Rogers being a great signal caller, uh, getting the most out of every single snap there is, just being masterful at what he do. I feel like you have to go with Aaron Rodgers right here. Yeah. It's tough because I don't like betting against Brady, especially late on in the year. Yeah. But seeing what they just done to Michael Thomas, you know, injury or not, you can't play Adams that way. Mm-hmm. You can't. Um, we, they were able to box the Saints in. Um, you know, hey, don't get beat inside. I don't care what you do. Don't give up inside. We'll live with everything else. Let's force yeah. you to throw it over right here. You can't take that approach with Aaron Rodgers. You yeah. just can't. So things going to be a little bit more looser. I expect them to run the ball better than what we ran the ball to against Tampa. But then on the flip side, I have Tom Brady calling, calling, uh, calling Green Bay defense up as well. Yeah. Um, they don't have nothing to stop those weapons that, that Tampa has. Now, I know Antonio Brown went out in the third quarter. He never returned. So I'm not sure how, how healthy he would be. Godwin, man, he just looked like a shell of himself uh, since yeah. returning from the injury. I'm not sure what they're going to get out of him. I'm more than sure Tom and Gronk is going to fix uh, that half an inch that uh, hmm. Tom Brady's leading him on with these passes. Uh, so it's going to be a high-scoring game. 
but I will take Green Bay in this game. And I am, I would say 27-24. I am, for one, I, I'm under the belief this is going to be an absolute shootout. Um, I know Sunday they was gonna say they were saying it should be a snowy game. It's looking like now we probably won't be any snow, but it's gonna be 34, uh 34 degrees and the wind ain't even gonna be that bad, four miles per hour. So mm-hmm. this is gonna be a shootout. Both both mm-hmm. quarterbacks are gonna go out there and they're gonna have at it. Um and man, at this point of the season, at this point of the season, it usually comes down to what quarterback you trust the most or, or what exactly. quarterback you feel is playing the best in. Aaron Rodgers is the MVP of the league. Exactly. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has been able to make every – he's been able to do what he wanted to. And one of the bigger things that I said last week going into that Rams game is what can Aaron Rodgers get out of everybody not named Devontae Adams? Mm-hmm. And Lazard was able to give him almost 100 yards uh, last game. week. And I, and I think that's the same thing that's going to happen here. Uh, what does he get from everybody not named Devontae Adams? Even though, as you pointed out, Devontae Adams is probably going to have his way against that secondary mm-hmm. as well. But yeah. then what do you get from Lazard and Tanya? I actually don't think they depend on Aaron Jones that much uh, going up against this defense. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers moving them up and down the field like he's been doing all season, not, not relying on deep passes until they really open up for him, but making sure he's steadily moving the chains. And I think that Green Bay defense could come up with one or two more stops than Tampa Bay can. And I can see this game being 34-31. Okay, you got it just a little bit higher than what I have it. Um, but, yeah, I, I can see a game uh, going like that as well. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to shy away from the deep balls. I think if Tampa Bay comes out aggressive like they did against the Saints and say we're, we're forcing everything mm-hmm. over our head, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to take his shots early yeah. and often. Especially yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to shot I'm just saying all season long, you've been seeing him be able to be patient in the, and letting them develop throughout a drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something he's ever forced. It's always, damn, man, we didn't let them cross our 50 by just hitting these under routes to the tight end mm-hmm. and Devontae Adams. Let's try, to, let's try to move up and address that, and then, bam, he hits them over the top. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yep. So we're the same on that one. Uh, the Bills and the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by three. Yes, um, I have. I'm taking the Chiefs in in this game, and I'm act, I'm actually taking the Chiefs by ten. Okay. Um, yeah, I have this game. I don't want. I think this game is going to be pretty close in the first half, and then I have KC taken away with it. I think Buffalo is going to come out. Uh, I don't want to say milk the clock, but they're definitely going to let that time drag before they yeah. before they hike the ball. But I think the lack of Buffalo uh, rushing attack at the running back position, because we know their quarterback can make things happen. Mm-hmm. But I really do think that th- this is the game where they needed to be healthy at the running back position uh, to move those chains and, and do yeah. things of that nature. Um, I, I think Josh Allen, I don't want to say he's going to take a step back, but I don't think we're going to see four touchdowns, no interceptions, 60 yards rushing, and all this stuff like we've yeah. been seeing from him. Uh, I think he kind of comes back down to earth, and he's going to be forced to, to score points because I don't see Buffalo defense doing absolutely nothing with KC's offense. Uh, Pat Mahomes has cleared all uh, concussion protoc- pro- protocols, so 
I'm more than sure he's going to be playing. I, have, and he, I just saw something saying he hadn't, actually. And but, I saw something earlier said that he did. So far, yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw something saying that he did earlier. So no, if he's he, still in protocol. Yeah, he's still in protocol. He still is? Yeah. So if, obviously, if he's not playing, then, That's a I mean, yeah. yeah. But as long as he's playing, um, I have KC winning this game by 10. I'm taking Buffalo either way. Um, which is crazy to me because Kansas City has been my uh, pick for the AFC since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was it about week 15? You asked me a question. You say, Sid, looking at the team that how everybody is playing right now, if you had to pick the Super Bowl, who would it be? And I told you Green Bay would come out of the NFC and Buffalo would come out of the AFC. And mm-hmm. neither one of them has come off that high streak. Both mm-hmm. of them have been rolling all the way to this point in the season. And even though I see Kansas City as being the better team, <clears> um, they've dragged through these past five, six weeks of the season, barely squeaking off victories. Then they took uh, – and then they took the week off where they started week 17, and then, of course, they didn't have to play um, wild card weekend. And then – Last weekend they were they were close to dropping into Cleveland. Granted, mm-hmm. part of that, of course, I'm quite positive is about Mahomes being hurt and missing and missing him uh, throughout part of the game. But I feel like Buffalo is on a roll right now, similar to Green Bay, and I feel like I give I give Buffalo's defense more credit than you do, especially mm-hmm. their secondary with Jadavius White. Um, who I'm sure would be tasked with taking out um, Tyreek Hill. And then you mm-hmm. have Milano at linebacker, who I think is going to be tasked with covering Travis Kelsey for much of the game. Um, mm-hmm. But whether they can do that individually or not, I like the collective of their secondary uh, to be able to not stop, because nobody's going to stop them, but slow down Kansas City mm-hmm. and what they're able to do. I think, like you say, Buffalo comes out with the mentality of, look, we got to chew clock. We Mm -hmm. got to this whole game chewing clock. And I think Buffalo can take uh, more advantage of the Chiefs' defense than the Chiefs' defense can. uh, um, Than the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, than the Chiefs' offense can of Buffalo's defense. And I, I think it's a close game. I think it still comes down to, uh, to the wire. I wouldn't even. Be shocked if it comes down to Kansas City having a ball in their hands with less than a minute left and trying to make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the Bills are primed to pull this one out, riding that high streak similar to Green Bay's to this point. What's crazy is if Buffalo had a better receiving core, it would feel different. If they had uh, a true number two, if Cole Beasley wasn't banged up because he's been the best slot receiver in football this year. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't banged up and they had another receiver to complement that offense, I would really take a closer look at the Bills. But you're telling me that you're missing a running back. We already struggle running the football. Yeah, uh, because Kobe, they, they run game is irrelevant outside of Josh yeah. uh, Josh Allen at this exactly. point. Exactly. And you're telling me uh, I can't run the ball. You're telling me Cole Beasley's banged up. You're telling me I don't have a tight end. And you expect me to be you expect me to be able to be in a shootout against the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs? That's a lot. Well, and I've told you how I feel about Josh Allen this year. You, the boy is ball. You've also told me Stephon Diggs is the best receiver in football this year. He has. And it won't be and it won't be an answer for him on Sunday. 
And I, I and I obviously I have more trust in John Brown and Cole Beasley than you do. Because you didn't even bring up John Brown just now. So I have more I'm not. Yeah, I have more faith in John Brown because he was hurt a lot this season. But mm-hmm. John Brown has shown in his own right that he could be a number two in this league. Oh, definitely, um, definitely. But this isn't the time to find all that out. For this well, it's not about finding it out. We found all that out. <laughs> now you're just so, hoping that they're healthy. So I'm okay. So I'm saying, coming back, you want to see John? You think John Brown is going to be the answer? I'm saying that's going to keep this game close for Buffalo against that secondary. John Brown and Cole Beasley. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Against that secondary, yep. I have Stephon Diggs being able to to be great yet again. If he goes over 100 yards, it wouldn't surprise me. They're going to, you know, play him physical, make him Mm -hmm. go deep, catch balls on the fly, things of that nature. But one, and I've told you this for at least the past three weeks, the one thing I like about the Bills is that they know uh, who got him there? And that's Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I love how they put the ball in his hands at the end of games. Yeah. I love it. I love to see him uh, stepping away from the huddle, listening to the calls coming in the helmet, shaking off the bad ones, and then going with one that he's confident in. I love that. However, doing that against Kansas City, where you already, mistakes are already limited, I just don't see Buffalo having enough firepower, firepower to, to keep up with this KC team for four quarters. If you tell me Buffalo go Buffalo go into halftime top 14-14 with KC, cool. If you tell me uh, Buffalo goes into halftime winning 14-10, cool. But I do not – I'm telling you, I think the, the second half of this game is what's going to uh, blow this game wide open. And I'm, I have KC winning by 10. And I got Buffalo winning by probably four, 31-27. I'll say 31-27. Once again, this is – either of these games, it wouldn't be shocking for any of the four teams to come out. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I just see Buffalo being able to play a game that puts them in position to be up late and be able to uh, hold on to to that that margin, whatever it may be. Did you call a score for this game? 3127. 3127. And I got 3020. 3127, yeah. All right. So that's uh that's definitely interesting. We're we're gonna be the, on the lookout for that. Um mm-hmm. this one is a fairly short one, I promise y'all it's not because the Saints lost. Um, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um because y'all are gonna get way more Saints content going forward that I'm sure that y'all want. Uh next week we'll come in and we'll discuss the the winners of conference, uh, the winners of the conference uh, weekend, but then we're going to jump right into what can the Saints do going forward uh, in our offseason and uh, how we can take some heel for being our quarterback. I'm already in the process of losing at least 15 pounds and starting to get back bench pressing and stuff just so I can have the opportunity to go out there, man, and compete <laughs> one of these quarterback jobs, man. So, uh, yeah, like CSA, man, look, we look forward to uh, seeing you guys next week. If you have any suggestions how we can eliminate some of this dead money we, we will be facing, <laughs> please let us know. Uh, we will be uh, more than welcome to hear. And any and now, man, at, at this point, any sports topics at all, we can go ahead and start branching out and actually talking to y'all about specific things y'all want to talk about because we got some things that we're going to get on here and truly disagree about going forward with you. <laughs> Already it should be know. pretty entertaining. So any know. any feedback, any suggestions, any questions or topic suggestions, man, uh, let us have it.
Yes, sir. See you like always. Good show, my boy. Absolutely. All right, man. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league If you listen close, I'm coaching, say key Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm about line so